Season 2, Episode 19 of the IntelliCast Podcast. My name is Adam Jolly. Joining me as always is Brian Lamar. Hey Adam, how's it, how's it going? Oh man, it seems like it's been weeks. I know, we took a, I was on vacation. Oh. As always, IntelliCast is brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can find us on Twitter at EMI underscore research, IntelliCast1, my own personal Twitter is Adam Jolly. Or if you want to email us, you want to be a guest on the podcast, you... uh have to complain about something we quoted wrong about the Australian election. <laughs> you can email us at intellicast at emi-rs.com. we got more traffic about us being wrong about the Australian election than anything else. Our listeners in Australia were n- not happy. Yeah, I thought they were supposed to be like, down, oh, we're from down under, it's free, fun-loving. Right. We have a beach. <laughs> they were not fun-loving. They were scorpions in a boot. Yeah, well, that's what we get for trying to talk about an election literally the other side of the world. Yeah, you know, IntelliCast is <laughs> fundamentally xenophobic. Yes, <laughs> we've driven that home. Um, and so we're back at it. We got a little bit uh, liberal in how we were talking about other countries, and now we're back to saying screw everybody else but the U.S. today. Yeah. All right. Jumping into uh, current events. Brian, what's been going on with you, man? What's going on? Oh, man. I took a week off last week to recharge the batteries. It was kind of a staycation, but I, I got to um, do all the kind of things that you try to do during the work week you just don't have time for. So I had lunches with people. I had dinners with people. Oh, yeah. I went out on a Wednesday night, went to a soccer game. I did a ton of yard work. I napped. Oh. I went and saw family. Yeah. It was really cool. And I would have liked to have you know, going to a beach or something, but it was a really cool week off. Kind of nice to do that because sometimes you need a vacation from vacation. You know? Yes, it can be stressful and tiring. I always think too, like uh, I always get this thing when I go on vacations. Like then you're like, well, what if we just lived here? Yeah, but it wouldn't right. Be vacation, right? Right. Yeah. There's a reason why you go to certain places or why things. Where like if you take a vacation here, then it really is a break uh, from the norm. Yeah. You get to see like a little perspective about how what your life can be a little bit of appreciation. Yeah, it's all your and like your mental um, how you. How you think about it. Like, you could take off a Saturday and go to some random little neighborhood you don't go to and spend the day there as if it's a whole other world. Yeah. There's not that much of a difference. Other, exactly. Especially I mean, here. Like in Cincinnati, like, people don't realize it. Like, we're five hours away from everything. Right. Like, anywhere you want to be. You can be five hours from Nashville, Cleveland, <laughs> Chicago, Pittsburgh. Right. Like Detroit, like Canada. Detroit. Yeah, Canada. Windsor. <laughs> You're in five hours from anywhere. I think it's, yeah. it's a great place for a day trip. Uh, you want to jump into market research news? Yeah, let's talk news. News. Nevada launches a revised consumer data protection law. Yeah. It is said to give consumers some control over their data. Uh, Brian, have you reviewed this law? Yeah. How does it compare to like the Vermont, California stuff? They're all somewhat similar. This one's a little bit different. And by the way, I think they, they – pushed up the date that it goes into effect to um, October 1st, yeah. whereas California's is in January. I think they only did this so people would be talking about Nevada. Yeah, just get out of Vegas. <laughs> like, everybody's yeah. talking about California Consumer Protection Act. Let's talk about us. Yeah, they're like, you know what? I know that we've made all of our shine off of uh, gambling and prostitutes <laughs> and people dying in the desert. Yeah. Let's mix it up and put in some data quality. It's summertime. We don't have a lot of Vegas news. Yeah. There's, everything is legal in Nevada except for your data. Right. That's starting in October. Yeah. Starting in October. All of our laws are digital. But generally, this law is just we've, – we've got a blog going up that um, EMI Adam Dietrich has, has written about this. Yeah. But it's basically – Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, our yeah. number one guest. Um, and he – in this blog, we talk about or he talks about how – 
this is going to cause a lot of problems, I think, for marketing research in many other industries in that Nevada has its law, California has its law, Vermont, Ohio has one coming up apparently. We need like a federal law to kind of put one law together so that all of the sample providers and marketers and companies don't have to worry about what's going in Nevada, what's going in California. Am I compliant in Vermont? Like those are the types of things that some small companies have to think about. Unfortunately, you know, I, I, I'm on board with the privacy and the ownership of one's own data. Like GDPR, I think, is actually a pretty smart law. Yeah. Um, but the U.S. in many ways has advantages of having 50 states. Um, but this is kind of one of those things where anything kind of goes. What Nevada wants and what California wants may not be the same thing. Well, this could go super in political about like, oh, yeah. the United States. Yep. Right. States' rights. States', states rights, right. Yeah. And so you're a state rights guy. I'm a states' rights guy, yeah. Yeah. So you've got, um, I'm just making sure we're on the same team. But like, <laughs> you know, where you could pick, like, how many things can be different on the state rights. Yeah. So I understand, like, say you like smoke a little weed. And so yeah. you go to a state that has, you know, yeah. legal, some kind of legal. Go to Oregon or California or whatever, yeah. Or, you know, you like to shoot guns in the air. Yeah. Or, or gay laws, gay marriage laws, things like that. Yeah, it's where I I can see for some things that are for things that are major aspects of your lifestyle. Yeah. State law is fantastic. Yeah. Right. You can move to a state that fits. Yeah. If if Nevada wants to legalize prostitution and gambling, so be it. Let Nevada do that. Right. Right. And if if Georgia doesn't want to do that, then they don't have to. That's one of the beauties of America. But this, yes, to where it is so much like it goes beyond market research. It goes oh yeah, e-commerce and, and all kinds of things. Like yeah, what you know, we say a lot of times the world gets a lot smaller the way that the internet has just made everything more available. And like the, yeah, the e-commerce and what you know knowledge you can have. This kind of segments it and takes it back to being. Yeah, have to do different things in different places, right? Yeah, I would love to hear if you are working at a sample company. Yeah, and you own a panel. Do you, what are you, what, are you have to do something different now because of Nevada and California? What are you doing? Are, are you just doing everything GDPR compliant and just assuming that's going to happen in America? I'd love to hear feedback. That's good. Um, let's go in a little bit deeper on that. So it's yeah. been just over a year since GDPR yeah. went into effect. Yeah. How has your life changed as our quality? <laughs> um, not a whole lot. I still get a little nervous about it sometimes, although... I think in the pyramid of who the EU would go after in terms of fines starts with like Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon, and goes to, and we're way at the bottom of it, but still it concerns me um, because of um, people's rights of removal to remove their information and just ensuring that we have the processes in place of that. But I don't think our lives have changed that much, at least from our end. I mean, we're, dealing with people that have opted in and agreed to give their opinions. So we don't have, we're not spamming people as an industry We're it's kind of an agreed upon relationship between everyone. So in general, and we're not talking, I mean, most surveys are not controversial topics, right? So I don't think it affects us much at all, but we have to have our processes in place and our, our T's dotted, our I's dotted. That's what to me, it seems like it's, it's more of a hurdle. It's almost more of a hurdle for the people that are starting up now. Yeah. That already existed because you can adapt your business to fit or do the compliance type laws or higher compliance, those type things. Yeah. But if you're starting a business, there are things that you just wouldn't be able to do. Yeah. And, and there's like, 
I don't know. It just seems like it's easier to build fences yeah. than it is to like find out where to build a fence. Right? It you know, it kind of scares me. We've talked about a little bit about this with certain partnerships that we've had, but the GDPR applies to EU citizens. Not all EU citizens live in the EU, right? You could have a, there's a ton of EU citizens that live in Cincinnati. Sure. They have the law applies to them just as much as it does to someone living in France or another EU com, com, um, country. So um, that's the scary part is like is like who who's a, who who's um, applied under this law? And you know the, one of the scary things is like. You can't. It used to be you could meet someone and you could just email them and contact them under any circumstance, right? And a lot of companies do that, especially in America. You meet someone, you get their business card, and you start sending them messages. And that's a sales tactic that we use across the world, especially in America. That that's that's a lead, and we're going to put that on our CRM, and we're going to send you marketing messages. And in the EU, you kind of have to document how you met that person and why you have a legal reason to contact them. And that's kind of scary if someone kind of, you know, starts complaining about it and, oh, you're not supposed to contact me. And especially when sales organizations, I mean, we're a sales organization and uh, that's where it gets a little scary um, with all these consumer protection laws because, Especially, and back to the point of this article was, if Nevada has one rule and California has a different and Vermont has a different one, and then all of a sudden we have 17 different laws, and then here comes Canada with their own law. I mean, that's it's going to be a mess here. I don't know if people are listening that aren't familiar with GDPR and all these privacy laws. You might want to start reading about it because it is coming our way, and it's going to come quick, and it's going to be a mess. What a time to get clients off Oh, yeah, man. You're going to have some job security, and you know what? For the AMA, we had a speaker, Mark Marcusio, I think is his name, Marcuso. He's local, talked about GDPR, and he was a compliance officer, didn't know anything about it, and had to spend you know, six months researching it and trying to make sure that his organization was compliant. And luckily, fortunately, they had the money and budget to do that. They're a giant organization, the company he works for. But a lot of us sample companies were really small. We don't have... We don't have like chief data protection officers and uh, attorneys at our disposal. I mean, maybe we should. And, you know, for all the little sample players out there, it kind of stinks. Congrats to the nerds out there on your new job security. Good job, guys. (laughs) Man, we got deep there. Yeah, that was pretty good, right? Uh, That's the host. You know, try to take this. I get a rundown. It's trash. There's not even a Matt Rushmore suggestion this week. Let me just put that out there. Uh, But you got to make the most of what you're giving, you know? All right. Um, next bit of news, J.D. Power expands its consumer sampling capabilities with its SurveyMonkey partnership. And we talked about this because we talked about SurveyMonkey a lot, right? Yeah. We talked about the SurveyMonkey Qualtrics relationship a lot. Yeah. And J.D. Power is like some stake, right? That's a big... Yeah. SurveyMonkey making right? some big moves. Right. Yeah. The, you had the Salesforce integration. Yeah. Getting somebody like a J.D. Power. And the thing is, with like J.D. Power, like that's a great client name to have. But like that's somebody like off the street. You said I work with JD Power. So yes, like JD Power goes beyond market research. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? Or what's this name? Survey Monkey? Just more business, or is this like something that helps them separate themselves from other DIY types? I th- I think this is a pretty big deal. Is getting JD Power JD Power. Um, I mean, Survey Monkey has a panel. They've been touting this panel here recently. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of going beyond just a typical DIY, and I think this is a good this is a good move for definitely for SurveyMonkey as they continue to be a kind of a force and a secret, they're kind of a secret force that maybe kind of came out of nowhere. 
Do you agree with that? I agree. I think it's it's a great boost for them for as far as like having a brand behind them um, to push that to like that make Survey Monkey more credible. Because I think that a lot of times Survey Monkey gets that moniker of like the bandwidth type play. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. the just the amateur wanting to do some kind of yeah. research. And so to have somebody like using that platform a little bigger. I mean, this would be this would be like if Cantar came out and was like, "Look, we're just using Paul Tricks from here on out." Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a huge move for them. So. It's a great move. And maybe they should. Yeah. Uh, what else is going on? That's enough market research news. You want to do a uh, Mount Rushmore? I would love to do just, a Mount Rushmore. Just my tongue. Oh. I'm, like I'm dying right now. But, hey, Warriors, right? What, what would help if you had bitten your tongue? You know what would really feel great? It's like ease the pain I'm feeling right now. Is a nice treat from an ice cream truck. <laughs> yeah. Really, would you eat turkey in the straw? <laughs> Do you think of anything else but an ice cream truck coming down here? Man, oh. ice cream truck. Let's let's talk about ice cream trucks. I love ice cream trucks. Uh, my neighborhood, I never had an ice cream truck growing up. Oh, really? Out in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, like there wasn't a lot of ice cream trucks. I, well, I guess where you grew up now was kind of a suburban Cincinnati. But right. the, back in the day, that was way out there. Yeah, it was way out there. I'm actually tasting blood now. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, so we never had – but then um, – my, my parents split up. My dad moved in like a neighborhood uh, in Erlanger, Kentucky, the famous on this podcast. Kentucky. <laughs> yes. Um, and so there was always ice cream trucks going down there. We'd go down to cul-de-sac whenever you hear the Yankee Doodle and get yeah. something from the ice cream truck. And it was like the bed and like run and tell your parents like, hey, I need yeah. two bucks to get something from the ice cream truck. And like right. everybody's seeing what you got and who got the best thing. And yeah. the iconic Eddie Murphy skit from Delirious about yep. ice cream trucks. Yeah. Um, so here we go. Let's dive into it. All right. What are, top, what are your top ice cream truck treats? Oh, this is going to be so good. And it's 85 degrees outside. Yeah. So it's perfect. All right. You want to go You want to go first or me? I always go, go first. You go number one. You go your first. Okay. First one for me is the banana fudge bomb pop. Ooh, okay. Yeah. They, they originally just had the bomb pop, which was like, I guess, red, white, and blue. Uh-huh. But then they went the banana fudge, and it's like the chocolate and... Banana bomb pop, sometimes maybe called a fudge superstar in some areas, ooh, <laughs> some ice cream ooh, trucks. Ooh, 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 different dialect. <laughs> yes, man, it's so good. I can eat that right now. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the choco taco. Oh, that's good. Love good taco taco. You got your uh, waffle ice cream cone outside and the white chocolate ripple. Yeah, inside and then like a little dipped in chocolate on the top. Man, choco taco. The choco taco's been around forever. Yeah, they're way ahead of the curve of the taco, which is what? taking over the world. What? Why were they so ahead? Or they were like, yes, everyone's going to love tacos. We're going to make it out of ice cream. They were 10 years ahead of their time of the taco explosion that we were. So, uh, why are there more like knockoff desserts? Like, right. In a taco. Know? Like, why is Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. It's the only one they have. There's no like, there's no like spaghetti. Ice cream hero. <laughs> right. Ice cream skinny. Right. That doesn't happen. It's just the taco. I'm with you. <laughs> That's uh, a good one. That was on my list as well. I did have a bomb pop too. Or oh, Astro-pop. yeah, Astro Pop. Yeah, I think the colors are in different order in the Astro Pop. <laughs> red, white, red, start, middle, white, bottom. Right, blue. right. Maybe it's the Mexican flag or Italy. I don't know. Netherlands. <laughs> yeah. What else do you have? I'm going to go with the Chip Witch, which I have a feeling I'm stealing that from you because I know you're a huge yeah, Chip Witch yeah, kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. The Chip Witch, which is another item that's been around forever. I think the, the ice cream, some ice cream man invented the Chip Witch. It's just like a sandwich. It's perfect for on the go. <laughs> I've seen, it was invented, I want to say, like, no, the chocolate chip cookie was invented in Boston. Okay. Uh, That's a good I one. I want to say, like, the same thing. 
Um, no, I love it, Chip. Uh, here in town, and graders and stuff, the Chip Wheelies. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that's what you get every time at a graders. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, I went next with the drumstick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or a Sunday pop, I guess, King Sunday, whatever. Uh, the drumstick has to be on the Mount Rushmore of ice cream truck goodies. Oh, for sure. In fact, the other day, uh, my buddy Dave, shout out, what up, Dave? Uh, he, he texted me and was like, uh, he, he had kids, and his kids were over uh, playing with my kids, and he was like, do you want me to bring over some drumsticks? Uh-huh. And I said, I don't have any drums. And he was like, no, the ice cream is stupid. Oh, oh yes. please bring all the drumsticks over. And we, uh, everybody had a drumstick. It was amazing. With the chocolate at the bottom. Oh, yeah. yeah. The bottom part of that cone. Oh, my gosh. Um, my last one is the push-up pop. That was like the original innovation of ice cream trucks, the push-up pop. And it's like, what is the orange flavoring? Orange, uh, Frank, uh, Flintstone, Frank Flintstone. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. That was the best. And then afterwards, you had the little thing. You act like it's a little yes. parasol. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's my last one. A little he-man with his parasol. Here's my push-up. Um, or like a high-top bar table, whatever. Right. Um, my number four, my last one, is the uh, SpongeBob SquarePants ice cream thing. Yeah. Kids get all the time. Yeah. And I love it that they get it that because it is both an ice cream treat and then their eyeballs are gum. And yeah. Like yeah. It lasts longer. Yeah. I do. That is interesting how ice cream trucks, they always had characters. Like there was a ghost and there was oh, the branded stuff. I just left off two huge ones. What's, what's that? You keep going. The Mickey Mouse and Snoopy basically yeah. the same thing. Yeah. White and chocolate ice cream and then the chocolate. Yeah, they, they always had characters forever. Yeah. And they had good branding. Somehow they got the how did they right? How did they get the licensing? Wild, <laughs> oh, the Ninja Turtle was basically the same as the SpongeBob. And then like Garfield, I think, had one. Yeah. By the way, we probably butchered this segment. So if anyone wants to write us and complain about it. <laughs> all of the mistakes yeah. we've made in this segment. Come at me with your best ice cream truck treat. And but I will tell you this: if you, if anyone emails or tweets or does anything talking about Dippin' Dots, <laughs> you can go back to Canada. Yeah, it's they can't uh, Dippin' Dots is a travesty. It's been claiming it's been the ice cream of the future for thirty years now. And guess what? The future's here. And guess what? We still got hand churned ice cream. Right. We do not eat ice cream in bowl form. Right. The ice cream of the future is called gelato. Maybe. I think so. It's, it's not Dippin' Dots. Yeah, I'll tell you what. The other day I had some Jenny's ice cream. Got some yeah. Um, Jenny's ice cream in Columbus. Oh, my gosh. Try some. What? My wife bought some so ice cream. Not even ice cream. It's a dessert in an ice cream format from Whole Foods, which tells you what I'm going to get. It's made out of, like, cauliflower. And it tastes really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's really okay. Is ice cream different in Canada because of the cold? Same you thing? All right. snow, right? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Producer Brian. <laughs> so, uh, like, my whole life revolved around ice cream. Even, like, yesterday, uh, my kids went to a grand opening of an ice cream store and, like, are in the newspaper today. Really? Um, it's just ice cream. Rules. Your kids are photogenic, so, like, they're probably looking for someone. Always. That's perfect. I love ice cream. Anyway. Yeah. Man, good topic. Um, we're all out of research news. You want to talk about sports? It's a big time here for sports. Sports is great. You've got the NBA Finals going on right now, Toronto and Golden State. Yep. You've got a huge heavyweight fight this last weekend. I think everybody <laughs> might have seen where the destroyer Ruiz knocked yeah. out undefeated Anthony Joshua. And the guy looks worse than me with his shirt off. Yes. Uh, what else is going on? Hockey. Hockey's yeah, going on. The Women's World Cup. Women's World Cup is, is getting ready to kick off. In France. Uh, Viva La France. Uh, Big 
Yeah, I love summer. We've talked about this before. Is there a men's tournament coming up soon? The Gold Cup starts, and uh, the men's team has their last exhibition game this Sunday in Cincinnati, and it's just really cool. I saw the roster. It's like everybody. Yeah, everybody will be there. Christian Pulisic and all the big stars. It's the first time the U.S. men's national team has played here. Um, They're putting grass on the turf, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a kind of a hot topic is the grass issue, of, especially in all of soccer. But women, um, they're a professional sport. They typically don't play on grass. They play on turf, and yeah. it's pro- probably not fair. It's unsafe. Okay. So they're protesting that, and a lot of the men's teams don't even play. I mean, the local um, MLS team doesn't play on grass. They play on turf. But that's kind of a big topic. Yeah, it is a big deal. Uh Shouldn't you have to play like a universal playing system? You would think, right? Yeah. You would think you'd all play on grass. Right. But, and the U.S. is just weird because we build all these giant stadiums. Right, so it's multi-purpose stadiums for the most part. Yeah. So it's easier to have just one playing surface. Of- right, so like Cincinnati, for example, plays on a, the University of Cincinnati's football field, and they have turf. And so they, they're not going to put grass on it every week and just take it off because it's going to get ruined. Right. And so it's, I don't know. It's, <laughs> is the new stadium going to have grass? Yeah, it'll have grass. Right, and so they can't, apparently they can't get big stars to come here because they don't have grass. Really? If you're a big soccer star, you almost refuse to play on turf, apparently. But this is a lot of soccer talk. I love soccer talk. Summertime, man. This <laughs> Let's talk NBA Finals. I'm in. Um, I've watched every minute of every game yeah. so far. Um, Toronto has looked super impressive on offense. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. I mean, they've. They have won uh, 10 of the 12 quarters. Oh, really? Uh, and they're just like, I, I mean, last night wasn't a real thing because it made so many people. Yes. Happy. I mean, it was basically just staff. There were no other all-stars. Well, my hope, and um, you may know where I'm going to go here. My hope was that DeMarcus Cousins was going to take over. It was going to be finals MVP. Last night was his chance to shine. He was horrible. After game two, he... He really almost nearly he was they wouldn't have won that game without him in game two. Right. Eleven points in rebounds, six assists. Yeah, awesome. Great passer, unselfish. Um, and then game three, he just fell apart. And yeah, like you said, when you're missing all those pieces, I mean Golden State's still great. I still think they have a they're probably gonna win this thing. I think so. But when when Clay comes back and especially when Durant comes back, it's tough for Toronto to win. Can they win two more games? And they, they get two games in Toronto, and that ain't a play easy place to win. I think Durant changes the whole series. Yeah. Um, I mean, the matchup problems, like having to have someone else like guard him and then his defense also. So yeah. Play on either Siakam or Kawhi because of just the yeah. that he has. Um, it frees up so much. The clay stuff, I mean, whatever. I mean, yeah. I think last night they almost like gave away the game. They're like, we're at home. If we lose the game, who cares? We still got more home games. And yeah. We get back on Friday. If we win the game, then we beat them without all of our guys. Yeah. But um, I just think. Toronto is also getting, and their two wins have had their perfect game. Yeah. It was like the big thing for me. Like, yeah. getting in the first game, getting 30 from Siakam last night, Fred Van Fleet. Fred Van Fleet has yeah. become the great. Six threes, I mean. Yeah. Fred Van Fleet is like well, becoming like a great role player on a championship yeah. team. It's crazy. Yeah. But by the way, who do you think the best slash most entertaining super fan is? Drake. Or the owner of the of, of Golden State who got banned. Um, <laughs> I mean, what's going on with I fans? Would go with the wife, of Joe. Yes, Lino, that's another one. Yeah, who like wouldn't shut up talking to Beyonce? Like, like what's going on with like fans? And these are all like, I mean, Drake is the Drake, a well, superstar. The Drake thing, like you would think that he has enough 
So here's the thing. <laughs> if you have a lot of money, you get money from either being really smart and doing something in leadership. You get real, or from being like magnetic where people come to you. And Drake yeah. is in that where like people relate to Drake. He has a lot of like communication skills. Like people love his music. And like yeah. you get around Drake. I just get this feeling that everyone is friends with Drake. Yes. Right? Now, then you've got like, Joe Lacombe and the Stevens guy who's a minority owner of the Warriors. And these people have made their way up through business. And yeah. So they've either led or came up with some great idea, you know. And, yeah. And so they don't exactly have the communication skills <laughs> or the how to work with people. Or if they yeah. have had them, like, they yeah. work their way up to a level of management where they don't need to have it anymore. Yeah. I mean, Joe Lacombe, I mean, he's got thousands of people responsible yeah. for it, like, yes. for his well-being. Yes. Right? And so, like, he doesn't have to know how to talk to people. He doesn't right. know how to communicate. Right. He doesn't have to know, or in the Stevens guy, doesn't have to know that you don't shove somebody when they come running to him. Right. Why does it have to know that you don't have to talk to Jay-Z and Beyonce the whole game? Right. Like, it's just a lack yeah. of self-awareness and yeah. a lack of how to communicate to people. You just yeah. lose it when you get to a certain level of power and money where you, you just become an idiot. Yeah. Where Drake like still needs that. He still has to relate to people. Right? Yeah. I, I love, I read the story about how Drake acquired the um, Dale Curry jersey. Did you read that? No. It was really interesting. He, he So the game, I think, was on a Thursday. And he, he had already, um, in, um, I guess, was, was that game one where he wore the Dale? Yeah, it was yeah, game one. Yeah. So the game was on a Thursday. He just didn't know what he was going to do, but he knew he wanted to troll Steph Curry yeah. until the Monday before. And so he decided he was going to get a Dale Curry jersey when he played for the Toronto Raptors a long time ago. Yeah. He looked for it, couldn't find it. He got his people to look for it, contacted some like big sports memorabilia shops and found one in New York that has like everything apparently. Contacted the owner of that shop, didn't have it, but he knew somebody like in Kansas City that might have it. Really? Called them up, found a guy that had it and refused to sell it. And then they didn't release the terms, but imagine what the terms are of Drake wants your jersey and he got your jersey, and then he had to hire someone to drive it all the way to Canada to make sure it was there on time and in one piece. That's how, like, that's kind of crazy that you're going to go that far to kind of troll Steph Curry, right? That is crazy. I do have an alternative plan for Drake. Okay. Um, go to the tea shop, <laughs> get a throwback jersey, and have them customize it because they have all the tools there. Well, this one was Why signed. Do that? This was signed by Del Curry also. Wouldn't it be easier to yes. go through a sign of Jersey to find somebody in Kansas City and have it go through customs? You would think. I mean, we know Del Curry, the whole Curry family is going to beat that I game. Think back about a good thing I said about Drake. I'm back out. I'm back well, on Team He's got so much money, he didn't care. Well, I'm out now. I hope he enjoys that. He wasted, he wasted some people's time and money. He could have just had Del Curry just sign go it. Go to the team shop. <laughs> and no one knows Del Curry's signature looks like. Have your buddy sign it. Yeah, it might have been more funny if it was a fake. It would have been more funny if it was a fake Del Curry signature. Right? Yeah. Spell it wrong. Be a funnier story. Man. Oh. Anything else you want to add for this episode 19? Um, no, I think we're good. We, we do have great guests coming up for the next few podcasts. Well, yeah, talk to them. Who we got? Um, Lindsay Saltman, who's a friend of mine, will be joining the pod, and he um, is the president of um, Olson Zaltman Associates. Yeah. I went to graduate school with him and his his father, um, Mr. Zaltman, and um, Olson. So it's Jerry Zaltman, kind of invented, invented like a, um, a qualitative technique called ZMET, and so it's more qualitative in nature. But he's a good friend and a super smart guy. He'll be entertaining. 
but he works at Olson Zoltman Associates. And then I don't know how to spell it, sound out Jake's last name, but we'll have the research geek on, which yeah. is, uh, I think that's a kind of a coup because he has one of the biggest Twitter followings and um, kind of a thought leader in market research. And so, so if two, the next two podcasts will be those speakers. That's awesome. Can't wait to figure out what list we didn't make. Right. Uh, right. There's, you know, that's one thing. Every week a list comes out about podcasts, yeah. Twitter followers. Yeah. And I just, it just makes it, it's what keeps me going. Yeah. Really and like we that's know, I mean, we, we've had people make a list of the best podcasts in market research, which there aren't that many. Right. Right. We've had people that we know listen to the podcast yeah. <laughs> intentionally not list us yeah. as the yeah. top podcast. That's the Right. We we kind of have a niche following, I would like to say. Yeah, or niche. Yeah, some would say niche. Yeah, and that's why we're and that's why we're on the list. Right. That does it for episode 19 of season two of the Intellicast Podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter, EMI underscore research, Intellicast One on Twitter, my own personal Adam Jolly. Uh, if you want to email us to become a guest, if you want to email us your favorite ice cream truck treat. If you have any news that you feel like you need to cover, um, you can email us at intellicast at emi-rs.com. Coming up, uh, look, let's be honest, conference season is light. Um, if, you want to know, if you're in the New York City area and you were wanting to find something to do on June 23rd through 25th um, and you like the finer things in life, please join us, Mike Holmes, at the Fancy Food Summer Show, June 23rd through 25th. And with that, that will do it for season two, episode 19 of Intellicast. Thanks, guys. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.